Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible, but if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please think twice before listening to our show. There are over 700,000 sexual offenders in the United States alone. With all the social media these days, how can we protect ourselves and our children from these despicable predators? Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast, where we discuss criminal cases that involve some factor of abuse. Our goal is to spread awareness of abuse that could be taking place around any of us and encourage everyone to take responsibility and report if they see a child or an adult being abused. In the modern age of technology, it's easier than ever for creators to connect with their fans. It can be really helpful for artists and creators to get feedback directly from fans to help them understand what it is their fans appreciate and maybe what they could do better. But can there also be a dark side to this connection? What about the power imbalance between a huge celebrity creator and an adoring fan? What if that adoring fan is only 16 or even 14 years old? Even more disturbing, what if the celebrity has perverted fantasies and abuses their power to take advantage of an opportunity to solicit inappropriate images from a child? Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Rosie. And I'm Ryan. And before we get started today, we want to let you know that we have finally, and I say finally very seriously, <laughs> Yeah. Released our first premium episode on Patreon. Yeah, and it will subject well, It will be released by the time this episode is up. We actually haven't recorded it yet, but we're recording it right after this episode. Right. Way to blow our cover. <laughs> I know I always do that. <laughs> Sorry, and the subject is Jared Fogel. Yeah. In case you don't know, he's the subway guy. And we decided to release it side by side with this episode because they both focus on the same kind of issue, uh, someone abusing fame and power for personal gain at the expense of others. So I think they go pretty well hand in hand. And this first premium episode is also special because even though typically our premium episodes will only be available to our $2 patrons or above, um, our first premium episode will be on all levels, even the $1 level. But this is the only one that will be, to make sure that's fair to our patrons who do give more than a dollar. So again, we want to thank all of our patrons for your support and kindness, and a special thank you to our newest patron this week, Shauna. Yes, thank you so much, Shauna. We'll be sending out your stuff um, tomorrow, <laughs> actually today, because that's when this is released. But um, So now let's jump into our discussion. Today, we'll be talking about Austin Jones. Austin Jones was a YouTube musician that created a cappella covers of popular alternative bands like 21 Pilots, Panic at the Disco, My Chemical Romance, and Fall Out Boy. So he had the exact same music taste as I do. Angsty, indie pop, punk, rock, I don't know what the heck it technically is, but it's the same music I like to cover on YouTube, and I'm not sure I should say where to find it because... I don't want our listeners to realize what a dork I am, but if you really want to know, ask me on a DM or something. Anyway, good music taste. That's how you're going to sneak in that you're a musician into our podcast. I was wondering when you would do that. No comment. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> I was I was curious. Ryan's a very talented musician, and I wondered when he was going to spill the beans. That's all I meant to say. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Also, I have the same music taste. He became pretty successful on YouTube, amassing over half a million subscribers by 2017. Yeah, so he really did put a lot of work into building a potential career on YouTube if he was doing it for 10 years. But that's the last nice thing I'll say about him because he is a total creep, as we're about to talk about. So if you don't already know his story, you may be wondering why we're talking about a YouTube musician today. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what he did to get on our show. Well, on May 10th, 2015, a music website called Pup Fresh posted an article saying that Austin Jones had contacted multiple underage female fans online, asking them to make videos of themselves twerking for him. <sighs> yeah, this alone is enough to realize that this guy was kind of a scumbag. But wait, it sadly gets much worse than this. <sighs> yeah. He would give these young girls instructions on what they should do in the video. He told them that if they followed his instructions, they'd prove that they were his biggest fans. Yeah, so he was a manipulative piece of crap, using his status and power to take advantage of his fans. He was part of Warp Tour that year. A lot of people had been petitioning to get him kicked off of the tour because of all the allegations, but he still performed. Then, on June 29th, 2015, he posted a video called quote, setting the record straight, where he admitted he had asked girls for twerking videos, but denied there was any nudity involved and apologized for his actions. Yeah. So knowing everything that we're about to share, this video pisses me off so much because he's sitting there with this stupid helmet-looking hairdo, acting like <laughs> he's the victim in this story with a vague, half-hearted apology laced in there but using his manipulation skills to have an underlying message of, ooh, feel bad for me because someone with a lot of followers called me out on social media. So you might want to check out that video after this podcast if you want to get mad at him. <laughs> so now we'll get into why this dude was such a dangerous predator. He would start chatting with these underage girls and tell them that he was conducting a contest to find his biggest fan. This involved the girls following his instructions for making a video of them twerking. He even sent one of the girls a video where he showed her how to twerk by example. I just wonder if how he justified this to the girls, like, if they asked him why he didn't post it on all of his social media, like, like, announcement, I have a contest. Here's how you enter. Maybe he was like... This is a secret contest, and I'm only asking the the sweetest, cutest girls. Or, yeah, I don't know. or my biggest fans. This yeah. stupid idea. <sighs> there were two main victims in the legal documentation. To the first girl, Austin told her to start her video um, that she needed to get really close to the camera and say her name and age. Ugh, this is... Like, such a weird thing to say. <laughs> then he told her to say, this butt is 14 years old, and to make it clap for 30 seconds. Apparently, to Austin Jones, twerking is making your butt clap. The girl seemed a bit skeptical and cautious about sending it off to him. 
He had been telling her that this was for a biggest fan contest. But she asked him, Okay, so this is a real thing and you won't post it anywhere? To this he replied, Right, I delete them after I score them. And she said, Okay, thank you. Yeah, so this is where the serious manipulation starts. He's telling this young, impressionable girl that this is a legitimate contest involving a scoring system to prove that she's his biggest fan. This poor girl is getting such a terrible representation of what an artist-fan relationship should be. After this, he gave her even more instructions, telling her, quote, Go make it clap super loud and talk about your age the whole time, got it? Clap it super loud and say these lines. I'm only 14, yeah, only 14 years old. This ass is only 14 years old. This is so messed up. The underage aspect is so important to him, and this shows how dangerous he really is. He's got a serious thing for the idea of underage girls, mm -hmm. and thank goodness this came out when it did before he became a real-life in-person predator, you know? Yeah, obviously, he's super into the fact that they're underage. It's like he can't even deny it because he makes them say it over and over and over yeah. again. He continued to get even more inappropriate with this young girl, asking her, In your honest opinion, do you think your butt is good enough to turn guys on? We changed the phrasing here, but he used more explicit language. When she replied, yes, he said, it hasn't turned me on yet. That's why I'm concerned. And she replied, damn it. <sighs> Not only is he manipulating her to make these videos for him, but... He's cutting her down afterwards and making her feel bad about her body. And coming from someone she looks up to and adores as an artist, this has got to be damaging to her self-esteem. Yeah, I would feel like crap after my 14 self-conscious self. Yeah, like if, you, if there's this artist you've been admiring for so long and then you finally get to talk to them, but they tell you that you're yeah. not good enough. After I gave... Such an intimate video. Ugh. After this, he told her to try harder and added more lines if she thinks it would help. This poor girl ended up sending 15 videos to Austin, desperately trying to meet his requirements. Ten of the videos, she had shown him everything. So this is why we're covering this. Um, he's using this position of power uh, with his underage fans to manufacture child porn, basically. And this is a problem we're trying to spread awareness about today. Yeah, this power in the wrong hands can be used for terrible things and victimize serious fans that don't understand that they're being abused. Yeah, remember Kate's story back in episode 25? She was around the same age when she was taken advantage of, and she didn't realize she was being abused at the time. Sadly, even though this girl was a bit suspicious in the beginning, she still trusted this beloved artist and what he told her. So that was just the first girl he victimized that we know of. The second victim was manipulated in different ways. They had an exchange where Austin Jones shows he knows exactly what he's doing. He said, wait, you're 14? And she replied, yeah, I'm a youngster. He addressed her by her name and said, do you realize how lucky you are? I seriously shouldn't even be talking to you. As much as this sounds like to catch a predator, 
it doesn't seem like he meant he shouldn't be talking to her because it would make him a pedophile. It seems more like he meant because she's young and ex- insignificant compared to a rock star like him, you know? Yeah, totally. She asked him, why? And he told her, because you're young. And she said, you're young too. And he replied, I'm 23. Yeah. He was really trying to elevate himself above her and make her feel like she needed to prove her value to him. He continued, Think how amazing it would be for you to have your favorite singer spanking your butt. If you're lucky, maybe I'll let you. Or maybe I'll let you give me oral sex. Again, we've changed the wording here. Oh my gosh, this guy is a flippin' freak. It's disgusting. Excuse my language. It's been a a little over a month since I wrote this outline, so I forgot how terrible it was. It's like making my stomach turn. I gotta watch that YouTube video about him again. The one where he makes an apology? or The one where the guy is talking about the situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a YouTube video on there that... uh, cannot remember what it's called but if you just look up austin jones pedophile you'll find it Mm -hmm. after making several videos for him and him not being satisfied she told him i want to make you happy and all but i don't want either of us to get in trouble over it giving him the perfect opportunity to realize what a huge mistake he was making and to stop going down this path then he he replied Of course you can keep making videos. You're doing a great job, and nothing is going to happen. When she continued to worry, he told her, I guess you really aren't my biggest fan. Okay, then. And she replied, I'll do as much as I can. After this, Austin Jones went through a lot of the same requests that he'd made to the first victim, asking her to take off her underwear to make the video, to which she was really uncomfortable but he kept badgering her about it. Yeah, he told this poor girl that she was so lucky to be talking to him because she was so young. He made sure to put the girl in her place as lower than him in both age and status. And it's so stupid because he was so lucky to have fans. Um, Fans are what make the art good more than the artists themselves, you know? Yet he was willing to abuse his fans for his own twisted selfishness. So so after asking her several times to take off her underwear and expose herself to him, he said, I'm just trying to help you. I know you're trying your hardest to prove you're my biggest fan. And I don't want to have to find someone else. After this, she sent him a video, but he wasn't satisfied because she still had her bottoms on. He was still disappointed. We're going to read his direct quote from this, uncensored, just to get the point across of how terrible this badgering got for this young girl. So consider this a warning of some graphic and disgusting wording, and skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. He wrote, If you really are my biggest fan, you would do it. You're doing so good. I need my biggest fan to be confident. It'll be so funny if you do it without them. Like, as soon as you spread them, OMG, we'll both laugh. I'm trying to help you so much. I have to see your butthole to know that that you care 100%. What a piece of crap. I can't believe he could be so persistent on something that 
obviously is uncomfortable um, for the young girl in this situation. Her worldview must have been going through such a paradigm shift here because before this conversation, he was her favorite singer, and now he's making her extremely uncomfortable. And I mean, she obviously realizes it's wrong, and she doesn't want to be in this situation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's this singer that she's loved for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why this power imbalance can be so dangerous if it's in the wrong hands. Right. And it's wrong to have sexual relationships with minors for a reason. Yeah. That's I mean I mean that is the reason it's wrong is because mm-hmm. there's a power imbalance. Right. And right. they they can't consent to it because they don't understand it yet. Yeah. As much as a 14-year-old is going to act like they know exactly what they're doing and exactly what they want, they just aren't capable 100% of making their own decisions yet. Yeah. And if you want to understand why Rosie says that with so much (laughs) conviction, go back and listen to episode 18. It's Rosie's personal story. Thank you. Well, he was finally arrested on June 12, 2017, at the Chicago O'Hare Airport. Homeland Security had a video-recorded interview with Austin, and he waived his Miranda rights and spoke to them. He admitted that he had instructed the girls to make sexually explicit videos, knowing that they were only 14 to 15 years old. Then he would have them send the videos to him and pleasure himself while watching them. So not only was he a predator, but he was kind of stupid in how he handled it. Instead of hiring a lawyer, he waived his rights and spoke directly to investigators. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad he did, but, I mean, how stupid can you be? Well, he was stupid enough to do all this stuff leading up to it. True. Kind of falls in line, I guess. He faces a minimum of 15 years for each of the two charges set against him. So if he's guilty, he could be in prison for 30 years or more. He's still awaiting trial, but right now he's under house arrest and banned from the internet after posting $100,000 in bail. Yeah. So, we'll see how that turns out, but, man. I'm a bad dude. I know. And and he knew it was wrong, obviously, because... Mm-hmm. It was so important for them to say his age to him. Yeah. Because it's something that you can't... I I don't even want to talk about it. And these are only two of the, you know, the cases that were brought to court. I'm wondering how many other girls have, you know, been silenced or just are too emotionally distraught to talk about it or too embarrassed or just... Yeah. Who knows what could come out over time? I mean, mm-hmm. look at Larry Nassar, who um, I've been looking into recently, and he's he had, like, over 360 victims, and that was over the course of 30 years or so. So it's, like, people don't always come out right away. Mm-hmm. Mm. But so there was some interesting news that has come up recently. Um, which is the reason that we're bringing this case back up. It was on September 20th of 2018, not too long ago, a girl named Ashley tweeted about some Snapchat interactions she had with Kenneth Harris. Okay. Who is Kenneth Harris? That was my question. (laughs) We mentioned earlier that Austin Jones had covered Panic at the Disco. 
Well, up until September 21st, they had a touring guitarist playing with them named Kenny Harris. He was the guy that stood to the left of Brendan um, as he looked at the stage and always made goofy faces and had awkward little dances. Yeah. I mean, if you know Panic at the Disco, really the whole band has quit besides Brendan. So it's basically just Brendan Urie now is Panic at the Disco. Mm-hmm. But this guy was his touring guitarist. So, But this girl named Ashley, she made some tweets alleging some inappropriate contact that he had made with her via Snapchat. We need to say alleged at this point. Um, but let us just say that we believe the victim and several other people have come forward with similar stories about Snapchat interactions with Kenny. So it's not just coming from one person. Well, on September 20th, 2018, Ashley tweeted, quote, I really do love Panic at the Disco, but uh, Kenneth Harris needs to be called out. So here's a thread about my experience with him. April 20th, 2016. This was the first day I ever snapped Kenny. I sent him a picture of me with that stupid puppy dog filter, thinking he wouldn't even reply, but boy, did he. He went on about how cute I was and asked me to send more selfies, which obviously I did, and he sent a few back. Fast forward about a week later. My friend and I had tickets to see Panic um, live on July 8th, fifth row from the stage. I snapped Kenny and asked him if he could throw me a guitar pick since we were so close on stage. Or since we were so close to the stage. He agreed, but only if I'd send him a pick first. And pick is quote-unquote with a winky face next to it. Me being a dumb 16-year-old that I was at the time asked him what kind of pick, hoping he just wanted another selfie. Not that that's any better. But nope. He replies back, surprise me, winky face, kissy face. So my dumbass 16-year-old self decided to play along, and I go, if I send you a picture now... You'll forget about me by the time of the concert in July. To which he replies, Well, if you keep sending them, I won't, winky face. So I ended up agreeing, but always put it off whenever he'd ask. I wasn't going to actually send him anything. There was no way. He would always ask for pics, but finally got bored, I guess? I would always make up excuses for why I couldn't send anything. But they were not believable whatsoever. But they shouldn't have to be. All in all, he stopped snapping me after he realized I wasn't going to give what he wanted. Before anyone comes at me for playing along, I had just turned 16. I was nervous to come out about this back then because I didn't want to get him in trouble. A member of my favorite band talked to me. I didn't want him to regret it, if that makes any sense. Beyond effed, anyway. I... If anyone has questions, my DMs are open. Uh, It's sad that she even has to worry about people believing her and and people blaming her for playing along, you know? Mm -hmm. After she posted this, Ashley started to hear from other girls that had sent Kenny selfies, and he would reply with hearts and ask them to keep the selfies coming with winky faces. He would tell the girls, I think you're cute. At this point, we should mention that Kenny is married. Another girl that was only 13 had sent him some pictures of her and her sister um, with their hedgehogs. After this, he kept asking them for more pics. They thought it was really cool at the time, 
and the sister of the 13-year-old sent him a really meaningful message saying that her sister has a chronic illness and thanked him for being so cool and talking to her. And to this, he just sent a thumbs up. So he was really persistent about getting selfies, but when someone appreciated the good he was doing in her life and expressed that to him, like how much it meant to her, all he did was send a thumbs up emoji. Seems a bit odd. <laughs> it does seem a bit odd. Now, here it gets more disturbing. One girl messaged Ashley saying, It was my older sister's 16th birthday, and we were all joking around. She was sending pictures to her friend Kenzie, who wasn't there. It was at an all-girl sleepover, so they were all in bras and shorts and stuff. They were jokingly sent a provocative picture meant for Kenzie, but they accidentally sent it to Kenny from panic and without realizing it. Hate it when that happens. Do you? (laughs) Four hours later, he responded saying it was a hot selfie and he wanted more because he was bored. And this seems to be a common hobby of his based on the pattern we're seeing here to get fans to send him selfies when he was bored, especially young girls. Another girl shared a story of when she was 14. She had snapped Kenny a selfie. He responded that he would talk to her whenever she wanted because she was so pretty. What a dumb reason for a married man to want to talk to a 14-year-old. He told her he only wanted to talk through the picture function of Snapchat rather than the text chatting. She really didn't want to, so she sent him a picture of her dog and he replied, No, no, a better pic. And she asked, What do you mean better? And he said that he wanted a picture of her. So she sent him a selfie. Then he replied, that's closer. She was like, closer to what? And he said, you know, winky face. She got creeped out and stopped responding. For a few days, he kept asking for pics and using the winky face and the tongue emoji. She finally deleted Snapchat because she felt uncomfortable. Good for her and all these girls for not letting his fame and status convince them to send anything they would regret i mean obviously the winky face and the tongue sticking out are very much associated with you know dirty texts Mm -hmm. so even though he's not he's kind of beat beating around the bush and not coming out and saying it Mm -hmm. like austin jones he's still it's implied that he wants Inappropriate pictures of young girls. Totally. Another girl had a similar story. She had been snapping back and forth with Kenny, and he was really flirty with her. He would tell her not to screenshot his pictures, but then he would always turn around and screenshot hers. When this all came out, Panic at the Disco posted, Touring musician Kenny Harris will no longer be performing with us because of a personal matter. Now, this isn't super clear exactly why, but it doesn't seem like it's just a coincidence. It was literally the same day of the tweet that Ashley made that um, we started this section on. And Ashley received quite a bit of backlash, asking her why she didn't come out sooner since the event she shared happened two years ago. Um, As we know, she's... Um, 18 now, she was only 16 when it happened, so you do you have a lot of personal growth between that time, but someone brought up an issue that really does discourage victims from coming forward, 
you know, going to the police for harassment doesn't just solve everything. This person said they had sat next to a woman in a courtroom with actual physical marks from assault on them as their abuser left the court with no charges. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this happens all the time. Yes, even though we can't definitely and without question say that all of these allegations are true, it's still a great opportunity opportunity to talk about why this is such a serious issue. The issue of the power and balance between artist and fan and how people with bad intentions can abuse their relationship, especially with underage people. Yeah. So um, with all of this stuff in mind that we've talked about, we want to discuss the principle of statutory and power imbalance. This all comes down to the exact same principle that makes statutory rape such a problem. There is a clear power imbalance between a celebrity with a ton of adoring fans and followers willing to make, willing to come to their defense and an underage girl or boy that's being targeted by that person. It creates a tough spot for the victim because they may fear speaking up um, because they worry that no one will believe them. And we see that problem when we look at this Twitter thread. There were people criticizing this girl for speaking up and saying they don't believe her. And this is exactly why people are afraid to come forward. It's such a delicate yet vicious cycle. Unfortunately, a lot of these people don't realize they're being abused at the time, and so they don't save any proof of it. They may even delete it because they feel ashamed and just want to forget that part of their life. So by the time they're old enough to realize what actually happened and that they were a victim of abuse, it's too late to provide proof, and it really sucks. So we hope that at least we can help people understand that if they are being abused, you know, what to look for Mm -hmm. and not to feel ashamed or scared to tell people about it. We want to spread awareness to this issue and encourage everyone, especially parents, to be aware of who our children are talking to online and also to provide a safe, no pressure, non-judgmental place for them to be able to open up. Yeah, I know for me personally, I struggled a lot with being honest with my parents growing up because I knew that reactions would be instant, emotional, and severe, and really judgmental. I could barely get what I was saying out of my mouth before the backlash and punishment would begin. And this is such a stifling environment to live in. If kids don't feel safe being open and honest, then they won't be, at least in my own personal experience. But on the other hand, what the heck do I know? I'm not a parent, and I have no idea how difficult it is to be balanced as a parent. I'm only sharing my experience as a child from the viewpoint of an adult now. So like we always say, if you see something, say something. Make people feel comfortable with coming forward and being honest. And if you are in a position of power, don't take advantage of it. Use some self-control. You could seriously harm someone emotionally and ruin their self-esteem. Just think before you act. Even if you have desires you know could get you in trouble, you still have the power to control them. Yeah, it's much better to exercise self-control, even if it's a struggle, than to harm another person. Not to mention the fact that you could end up in prison. And This should be a good good factor for you not to do something. (laughs) Yeah. 
But I just want to go back to that. I really appreciated Minds of Madness episode this week because they they were talking about the Carrie and Steven Stainer case and the detective that actually finally got the truth out, Jeffrey Reinick, um, they talked about him, how he had a more empathy-based approach to interrogations and how he found common ground and relatability and he never would react violently to anything they said no matter how disgusting it was he would suppress his own emotions and Hmm. you know make them feel safe in telling him Mm -hmm. what's going on and i mean that in itself he was a parent himself so he i mean that's a parental strategy for talking to your kids is Mm -hmm. even if you might need to discipline them in like after the fact of the discussion it's still helpful to not blow up until until you hear all the facts because you want them to feel comfortable talking to you, and you also want to have all the facts before you issue judgment on them. <laughs> right. Couldn't agree with you more. You said that really well. Thank well, you. Again, before we go, we want to remind you that we have released our first premium episode over at patreon.com slash podcast, which is linked in the show notes. And on our Instagram, so please go check that out. Yes, like we mentioned, this first episode and only this first episode is available to all levels of support because we really do appreciate all of you. Even if we can, or only if you can only give a dollar, we totally understand and we want to give you a little something. But out of fairness to those who do give more, it'll only be this first episode. And if you're not yet a patron of our show, This is a perfect opportunity for you to go pledge a dollar and get one extra episode because why not? It's only only a dollar. dollar. Yeah. (laughs) It's less than buying one song on iTunes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you can go follow us on Instagram at VOV Podcast and Twitter at VOV Pod and email us at VOV Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Now it's time for us to record our premium episode. (laughs) Yeah, so go listen to that now, even though it's not recorded yet, because it will be when you hear this. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye! Welcome to the Murderific True Crime Podcast, hosted by Bernadette from the state of Maine. Topics will include some seriously true scary stories about serial killers, mass murderers, familicide, the missing, and unsolved cases. Go to www.murderific.com to start listening now or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until then, we will be executing podcasts one crime at a time.